This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it was an extraordinary over an hour, and it was back and forth, and the CNN host was grilling President Trump. And all I could say is President Biden could handle maybe about five seconds of that. I thought President Biden, no way in heck, would be able to handle the heat that President Trump was getting back and forth from the CNN host. And it was an extraordinary town hall. Uh, and I thought at times it sure did get a little feisty and spirited. But President Trump, basically, as you heard, there was nothing off limits. Uh, there was nothing that wouldn't be asked, no topic. She kept grilling him over and over again about the 2020 election. She kept grilling him over and over again. Also on January 6th, um, she certainly seemed sympathetic, I thought, in some ways to Biden. And I want to get your take about the host from CNN. Um, and I thought if she could do that kind of a grilling, which, again, I think it, the, some of it was very, very effective, and she kept kind of coming at him and saying, that's not correct. That's not correct. A number of the things um, I think she misspoke. Um, but as she was sitting there saying that's not correct, it'd be great if CNN would do the exact same interview the exact same way with President Biden. Because, again, I don't think he could handle five minutes of it. I don't think he could handle two minutes of it. Um, because to Trump's credit, he kept coming back at her. And he was very, still very kind to the audience. There was uh, a little bar, but we're going to get to that in a moment. And I want to get your take on all of that and his remark about that. One of my favorite parts was after the town hall with President Trump and CNN. And it's an interesting move that he did it at CNN at 8 o'clock. I think it's a slight to Fox News at 8 o'clock, clearly, because it's pulling over voters. Remember, Tucker was in that spot who's assumed about to do a Twitter show. So it's an interesting strategy to say, okay, we're going to kind of drive audience. And you know a lot of people were tuned in. I certainly was tuned in. I bet many of you were tuned in. And it's he handled the heat. It was before basically Republican voters and undecided voters in New Hampshire, which is a pivotal state. That's a primary state, so it is a key, key state. And... They seemed very sympathetic to him, too. And what was fascinating was after the debate was over, it seemed like CNN was surprised that the audience was clapping for President Trump at certain points. They were mocking even the audience, like, what kind of a weird echo chamber, basically, was he in that there are GOP voters that actually agree with him? 
like, boy, are these people in la la land that they couldn't understand that there are voters who believe so much in President Trump and also saw a lot of the hogwash that CNN was delivering for what it was a big old spin. I mean, you would have thought Caitlin Collins, the way that she was asking President Trump about his documents, he was like bringing up Biden and saying, you know what, uh, the documents under the Corvette. Yeah, like that's really safe, right? And she was like, no, 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 no. Pres- the difference is President Biden handed in his documents. Uh, he reported it right away like he is a good Boy Scout. And boy, Caitlin Collins I think you did some great things tonight, but that ain't one of them. That was not your shining moments, because if you think that President Biden has been so willful at turning over documents and he and his team have been so great, they apparently reported it right before November election. We didn't find out about it until January. And there are reports, according to his assistant, that maybe the documents were even discovered many months before. And you think keeping documents next to Hunter Biden's, you know, area where he's fixing the Corvette, Joe's beloved Corvette, like that's safe? I mean, boy, some of the comments were clearly in la-la land. But I thought Trump fired back at all cylinders, and they thought Trump was like one big lying machine. That was their coverage saying, oh, boy, he lied about this, he lied about that. Byron Donalds, who is, of course, the congressman from Florida, was on CNN afterwards and said, actually, let me correct everybody because I'm on the committee and under oath, so-and-so said this. And Trump is correct when he said that he had asked to send in National Guards and that it was requested and that it went to Nancy Pelosi and others who obviously turned it down. And even the head of Capitol Hill Police at the time, who's come out recently, said also the same thing. But you know what? Boy, is the media on spin control. How do you think President Trump did? I think it's a really gutsy move to say, hey, I did my first town hall on CNN and I handled the heat because boy, did he. And I thought he did a great job. I thought he handled it really well. And I thought CNN afterwards uh, was like in uh, Mars. That's my take. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here's a little bit, first off, guys. Uh, here is Trump being asked about January 6th from the CNN host, Caitlin Collins. Listen to this. Do you have any regrets about your actions on January 6th? Well, you know, uh, January 6th was, again, we go back to it, but January 6th had to do with the fact that hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't see the pictures very often, a lot of the people here probably were there. January 6th, it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken to. That was prior to the walk down to the Capitol building. I don't think, and I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people, I've never spoken to a crowd as large as this, and that was because they thought the election was rigged. And they were there proud. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. And what I was asked to do, I wasn't involved in it very much. I was asked to come in, would I make a speech? I made a speech. I said, walk peacefully and patriotically, you know, many different things. In fact, I brought a list of things. I don't want to bore the audience, but we can go sentence after sentence after sentence of things I said and things I put out. And then he took out his list. He actually said, here's exactly what I said. Here's the time. Uh, Somehow you didn't print these things. 
it was interesting. It was an interesting exchange. And when he took out his notes, the audience was like, whoa, you know, the audience was clapping. And she seemed a little surprised. So what did you make of the town hall? Was it a smart move for President Trump politically to do it? Was there anything that he said that surprised you? And boy, he drew a contrast, I thought, just in energy, just in uh, devotion to the country, if you will. Um, And also, you could tell nothing was off limits. He talked about the legal cases. Uh, Boy, she spent a lot of time on that. It was like barely any time on the border, barely any time on the economy, uh, barely any time on a whole bunch of other things that I would have asked him about, too, as well. And yet uh, everything was, you know, elections, elections, January 6th. And she couldn't believe that he criticized E. Jean Carroll. I mean, E. Jean Carroll made the allegation. She came out, of course, uh, today on, by the way, on Good Morning America. This is the woman who accused him of rape. The jury did not find him liable of rape, but they did find him liable of sexual abuse and defamation. And he said today, I still don't know her. I don't remember her. I honestly don't. And I would certainly remember that. And I was like, and I didn't do it. It doesn't make any sense. And then they said, well, I can't, you know, the CNN commentators after is I can't believe that he would criticize her. Well, if you're falsely accused, you would feel a little maligned, don't you think? Anyway, here is a little bit more of Trump responding and saying that Nancy Pelosi is the one who decided not to have security, that her and her team were the ones not to decide to have security on January 6th. And had they sent in people, had they allowed the National Guard that President Trump continues to say he offered, and also Byron Donald, the congressman, Republican from Florida, who's on the committee that was getting the testimony, he vouched for Trump right after the debate because CNN was saying, no, 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 that's not true. Well, Byron Donald said, yes, it is. All right. But anyway, President Trump said, had security been there on January 6th, as he had suggested, things would have been different. Take a listen. One of the big problems was that Nancy Pelosi, Crazy Nancy, as I affectionately call her, (laughs) Crazy Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of Washington were in charge, as you know, of security. And they did not not do their job. You're They're, in charge of the they National are in, Guard. Well, I offered them National Guard. I said, we'll give you soldiers, we'll give you National Guard, we'll give you whatever you want. And they turned me down. You're and in fact, she Secretary. turned me down. She tur- excuse me, she turned me down in writing. They turned me down. And then, as I mentioned, she also brought up CNN with Trump tonight about the E. Jean Carroll case. This is, again, the woman that I mentioned yesterday where the decision came down from the jury to find him liable of sexual abuse and defamation. He maintains it did not happen. He also says, I don't regret not going there and not testifying. Why would I give something as crazy as this this allegation that he says is not true any credence? Uh, Take a listen to this exchange. Manhattan jury found that you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. I think I'm I think I'm I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And usually you, you leave office. You say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up, and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. 
This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. And uh, she also apparently had a weird name for her dog, uh, a woman's private part. Let's put it that way. It was bizarre. Uh, Here is also President Trump saying, you know what? Uh, There's a pattern here of what happens in New York and D.C. with his legal cases. But when you said you are considering pardoning a large portion of those charged with crimes on January 6th, does that include the four Proud Boys members who were charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy? I don't know. I'd have to look at their case. But I will say, in Washington, D.C., you cannot get a fair trial. You cannot. Just like in New York City, you can't get a fair trial either. And CNN could not believe that there were people in the audience that were clapping for him. They actually said afterwards, who is the echo chamber? Who are these people clapping? They're Republican voters and they're undecided voters. And guess what? They don't live in like a tunnel like CNN. And here is the final salvo. This was interesting. And I can't wait to get your take on this tonight on the Rita Cosby show. President Trump was constantly getting interrupted by Caitlin Collins. And again, I have no problem with the moderator interrupting. I think that sometimes you get the best answers as long as they do it to President Biden next time that they have an opportunity to be one on one with him and they do the same thing and give grill him the exact same way. And I'm laughing because that will never happen. CNN will go soft on him and they will never grill President Biden to the degree to one one thousandth of what President Trump did. But you could see. I think it served him well, his mental acumen. And finally, she kept interrupting him, kept interrupting him, wouldn't let him answer, wouldn't let him answer. And here is his Trump response to Caitlin Collins. This is the thing a lot of people are talking about now. Take a listen. Why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them? Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you're a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you why you held on to the documents? I was negotiating and we were talking to Nara. And he's talking about the classified documents. That was the only moment where it got a little heated, and then they just kept on going. And she was also basically saying that President Biden has done everything right. You know, he's done everything right with the classified documents. That is the biggest bunch of hogwash. CNN, shame on you for making it sound like Biden's done everything right. And Mr. President, you should have handed over the documents. Uh, Boy, when President Biden had them scattered all over the East Coast. Are you kidding me? Including by the Corvette where Hunter Biden is fixing the engine. Give me a break. And boy, she kept interrupting him every five seconds. I don't think Biden could have. You know how Biden gets very nasty when somebody asks him even a semi-difficult question, like is it chocolate or vanilla? He's like, "Uh, ah, boy, that's a tough one, right? Anything over that, he gives them a nasty look. If Trump handled it this way, which was, I think, amazing, can you imagine, juxtapose it, with Biden dealing with one minute of that, what you just heard, Biden would have said 20 times worse to her. There is no doubt in my mind. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. one 800 848 
The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And he is still standing. There is no doubt. And not only is he standing, he was swinging tonight verbally. And I would give him an A-plus for the way he handled it with CNN. And the reason I say that about President Trump, there are few people that I can think of that could handle a town hall like that, um, that had the mental acuity, uh, that also had the patience. Uh, you just heard, he, you know, he went after her at one point. Uh, but the rest of the time, he was sitting there smiling to people in the audience. The people in the audience, uh, these were GOP voters. And they were selected by CNN. And again, CNN couldn't believe there were people clapping for him in the audience. He got a standing ovation at the beginning and at the end. What does that tell you about his basically unwavering support in most of GOP quarters and in the Republican Party? And to me, this shows why he is President Donald Trump and he can handle the heat I cannot imagine almost any other candidate and let alone Joe Biden dealing with the kind of fire, incoming verbal fire that President Trump dealt with for basically more than an hour on a variety of topics, especially spending most of it on legal, most of it on elections, most of it on January 6th. And by the way, maybe we'll just ask you one or two quick questions about the economy and border. And now let's go back to January 6th. And now let's go back to elections and everything else. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan, line six. Your thoughts about how President Trump did tonight? Oh, I think he was phenomenal. And, you know, he's just he just was himself. And but there was just one thing I was just like, I think he missed an opportunity um, when he was speaking about the January 6th, um, uh, you know, the rally, and then that uh, President, I mean, Vice President Pence was not going to turn back the votes, but the electoral votes that were from the states that determined there was information given to them, which the Democrats, in fact, Benny Thompson on the J6 committee, was one of 31 Democrats who did that in 2004. Actually, you know what, Um, Susan, you bring up an interesting point. Um, And uh, the other thing he could have even said, 
Um, he brought up, a, I, I thought, a really powerful line where at one point he said, if we can't basically challenge elections, and I don't want to, like, litigate, go back to 2020, but he said, if you can't question the election, this country is done. Um, and he brought up also the fact about drop boxes, brought up about the Hunter Biden story. I mean, there's some interesting things that he said in that regard. And, and even if we look sort of moving forward at the at the blocks uh, that have happened with the Hunter Biden coverage. Today's a perfect example. James Comer comes out, does a big press conference talking about what happened with Hunter Biden and other Biden family members, saying he's got, you know, uh, $10 million, basically, plus, uh, that went to all these different family members. And MSNBC and CNN didn't even cover it. I mean, that you could consider is is not giving the voters enough information. Um, and the one thing he also should have said is that in the past, um, a number of those people, like you brought up there, uh, Jamie Raskin and others, have said, uh, have questioned the electoral votes. They've questioned the electoral votes and questioned elections in the past. Hillary Clinton's questioned generically elections in the past. Question is validity. How many people on, on Inauguration Day were sitting there saying he's not a legitimate president, remember? He should have thrown a lot of that back out, which was interesting. I think he was surprised how much time she was spending on it, given how many things are going on in the country. But that's an interesting point, Susan. Uh, overall, what grade would you give Trump, Susan? Oh, yeah, just, you know what, A++. I just, I was just sad because I thought that a lot of people don't understand that. When he said votes back, that it was too vague for what the situation, you know, how it it really went. And I think, and I think, I think he brought up a lot of stuff. They clearly didn't want to hear anything that he was saying in that regard. And even when they talked, he talked about Hunter Biden and Biden. They were like, what? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Townsend, Massachusetts, where two Townsend police officers rescued two girls who got lost while hiking in the woods in the Townsend State Forest. Police were able to rescue the two girls, and it happened on Monday evening of this week. The girl's mother alerted police after her 16-year-old daughter and 8-year-old daughter called her to tell her that they had gotten lost in the forest. The girls hiked for some two hours deep into the state forest before realizing they couldn't find their way back. Fortunately, police were able to track the girls' approximate GPS location based on a call that they made to 911. Two of the officers went out to a road where they used an air horn, finally, to get the girls to respond and come to them. Police said they were able to locate the girls within about 20 minutes, which is amazing. 
Now, the little eight-year-old told police after she and her sister were rescued, quote, I'm never going hiking with her again. The girl's mother also thanked police by bringing them cookies and thankful that both of her girls made it home safe and sound. And we love, of course, always honoring and appreciating our men and women in blue. And speaking of appreciation, I want to give a shout out to Remy's Italian Restaurant. By the way, I was at Remy's over the weekend in Hewlett, New York, in Long Island. And the owner, Remy, and his great brother, Giovanni, the two of them are amazing and their staff. And the food was awesome. Uh, They threw a big birthday party for a friend of mine, Cindy Gross, and it was an incredible party. We love Cindy. We got a chance to meet her family and everybody there. And we had the most amazing pasta, amazing calamari. And also, it was so great spending time with Giovanni and also Remy. Remy and just hearing his story of how they came to America in 1989 from Kosovo. I had been over there in Kosovo uh, in the late 1990s. Uh, Boy, uh, that country was getting pounded by war. I was at the Hotel Pristina when I was at Fox News and just saw the devastation that was brought on that country. It is great to see uh, that peace has come to at least somewhat, quite a bit, a lot more than when I was there, to that region. The people were incredible. And Remy and his brother and his whole team, they are just extraordinary. They're such great patriots. They love this country. They love America. And it was so great to meet them and also go to their incredible restaurant. you got to check it out. Remy's Italian Restaurant. I love Remy and his family and the whole team there. I love the food and also loved hearing his great story of coming to America and his appreciation of what we stand for and what our great country stands for. Everybody check it out. It's in Hewlett, New York. So if you're in Long Island, I definitely encourage you to go there and uh, try a few of the drinks. They were pretty good, too, as well. He is a great, great guy. And also thank him for his love of our great country. And you will love his food. Remy, thank you so, so much. And everybody check out Remy's Great Italian Restaurant. We are talking, of course, about the town hall that took place just a little bit ago with President Trump. And boy, he came out swinging in every different direction. Uh, There was a question to him about protecting gun rights and what he thought. Of course, there have been all these horrible cases of shootings that have taken place in schools across the country. And listen to how President Trump responded to a question from somebody in the audience. um, And he talked about mental health and talked about hardening schools. Take a listen. If elected president again, how would you act not only to defend our Second Amendment rights, but to restore rights that have been taken from us, um, such as, by example, recently the ATF's ruling on the pistol stabilizing braces? As you know, the bump stocks are actually a very unimportant thing. And NRA, I went with them, and they said it doesn't mean anything. Actually, all they do is teach you how to shoot very inaccurately. So we did that. Uh, There's been nobody that's protected the Second Amendment, as you know, like I have. I protected it through thick and thin, not easy to do. But we have a very big mental health problem in this country. And again, it's not the gun that pulls the trigger. It's the person that pulls the trigger. And we have to protect our second amendment. We have to protect our second amendment. And he was also asked about January 6th. And he fired back talking about Ashley Babbitt. Listen to this exchange. In that three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. 
Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no was reason. There. To, there was no reason. And he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. And Caitlin Collins didn't know what to say to that. How do you think President Trump did under definitely verbal fire coming from CNN? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John, line three. John, your thoughts about how Trump performed tonight? And all I could think about is Biden would have lasted about 30 seconds. Rita, the exit polls from 2020 clearly showed that the Democratic voter was woefully uninformed, right? That is because of CNN and MSNBC pushing false narratives. Donald Trump went into their territory and blew them all up tonight. He gets an A+. He is a boss. And Ron DeSantis right now is thinking to himself, God, I hope I can still be vice president. Oh, so, yeah, you think it just further solidified uh, his lead, which is already, as you just said, extremely dominant. Um, and and I, you heard what I said, John. I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know if there's any Republican challenger that would have been able to handle the heat. Um, definitely on the Democratic side, I cannot imagine President Biden handling that kind of heat. Could you? I can't. He, he laughed in their faces. He dominated the meeting. He went into enemy territory and dominated. That's why he was so effective. Figuratively, this is the same thing as going to North Korea without security. He walked into CNN right after getting found guilty on this lawsuit and smoked him. That's why he's the boss. That's why he's going to be the next president in 2024. And, and you know what's interesting? He just kind of sat back. Um, and, 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 you know, by the way, John, afterwards, CNN, I was watching their follow-up. And one of the comments that they made afterwards was, yeah, by the way, uh, as much as whatever we think, he may be the president. They even conceded that he has a good chance to maybe be president uh, based on what they see the polls, because we all see the polls. Um, But you're right. I thought actually I thought he handled it so well. They couldn't believe that there were people in the audience constantly clapping for Trump, not for the moderator. I don't know if there was ever a moment where they clapped for the moderator in the entire debate. Um, you know, I call it a debate because it really was. It was a debate between her and him uh, most of the time. And also he got a standing ovation at the beginning of the end. Um, that just shows how much still he is beloved within the Republican Party. Uh, John, thanks so much. Let's go to Tony. Line eight. Tony, your thoughts. Oh, my God. What a day. So first of all, I want to talk about the audience. The audience loved, loved, loved him. I don't know if you noticed. I'm oh, sure yeah, I just said they gave a, him a standing ovation at the beginning and the end. They gave him a standing ovation, and the questions, I don't know who prepped, who gave the questions. Do you know, Rita? Did the audience do it themselves? Did CNN monitor that? That was one of my questions. Well, they, they gave the questions, um, but the audience, so so the way it typically works, and I don't know the full policy here, but... Typically, if you believe that nothing was orchestrated, which I would hope it wouldn't be, um, that technically CNN would say, hey, do you have questions? They would submit maybe a whole bunch of people would submit questions and then they may say, "Okay, we're going to pick you with your question on this. 
they wouldn't write the question or anything like that. The individuals would bonafide write the question or their thoughts. But CNN right. would probably pick because she knew clearly it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go to so and so. She's like, hey, we're going to go to so and so who has a question on this. So she she right. you know, you it seemed clearly that she was aware of the topics and where the person was going with the question. Um, but obviously the individual wrote the question. What? Why? Because where I thought the questions were very thoughtful and really mature. I thought, no, I thought the same thing. And I just I just thought. They loved him. They knew what they were talking about. They were a pretty educated group. By the way, so Tony, to Tony, about- Tony, that's how you know that CNN didn't write it because they were thoughtful <laughs> and they were respectful. They were like, Mr. President, what would you do to keep us safe at the border? What would you do to get the economy going? By the way, I love Trump's answer. Drill, baby, drill. That was his answer about how to get the economy going. It's brilliant. And it's what, no. by the way, it's what John Katsimatidis, who I co-host at 5 o'clock, that's what he's been saying, too. It's all about the oil. Had we been energy independent and had other countries have to go to us again, uh, we would have been energy dominant and Russia would have been squeezed. China would have been squeezed. Uh, the world would have been so different. Um, and Trump gets it. John gets it. Um, and he is absolutely correct. So can I make one more point? Sure, Tony. Yep, sure. Go ahead. So, Caitlin... I know her from when she was waiting in the wings to be the White House correspondent. So her mission clearly is the Democratic Socialist Republic interrogator. And that's how she came off to me. Like her job was like someone like a, in, in a prison camp that they're there to break you down and tell you who you are and that you're nobody. So that that's where she went. She wanted to prove to the audience that Trump was a, an election denier, that he was guilty of fraud, that he was um, an almost rapist, that he was um, an ex- insurrectionist, that he stole the election, and that that's where he would go when he was just no good. And it didn't work because President Trump, though he was a bit tired from the whole 24 hours before, even though he didn't go, I know he had a rough 24-hour period. So he did phenomenal. He really took her on. And at the end of the day, he gave her exactly what she needed because I don't think she stood ground. And I think this is a good starting point for him. I think each time he does it, he can only get better. Now, who do you think uh, won the the, uh, the debate, uh, Caitlin Collins or Trump? No, Caitlin Collins was seen as an interrogator. And I think the audience was kind of stunned by her. President Trump did amazing because he was trying to show that this woman is trying to beat me down and I'm just here trying to answer questions. And I think she showed who she was. Yeah, I think I think all I kept thinking about, Tony, she would never handle Biden that way. Um, And and to me, um, that's the problem. I, I have no problem asking tough questions of the president. I was in the White House, you know, many a time grilling a president. And I think if you're going to be leader of the free world, you better be able to handle any question from a reporter. But Trump just showed why he is not afraid of the reporters and he's not afraid of world leaders either. You know, pressing it when he thinks they need to be pressed. And what a contrast, (laughs) you know, to what we have now. She's exactly who she is. She is a press, a press person who is not impartial. She is partial. And her career is really standing, was standing on this tonight, Rita. Oh, yeah. They're watching. They're watching. And there's reports that she may end up doing CNN's primetime nine o'clock slot. 
um, that she may get that primetime slot. And, and I think CNN probably thinks Bravo because every time she corrected him, uh, you know, that's what they want. You know, and, and again, afterwards, I couldn't believe it. The CNN commentators were like, uh, how could people be clapping in the audience? Uh, it just showed to me they are so out of touch with the American public. Yes, yeah, so out of touch that they almost it was unfathomable that somebody. <laughs> Tony, thank great you. Great debate, Rita. Tony, you're great. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to J.C., uh, J.C., you heard what Tony thinks. What do you think, J.C.? Uh, yeah, it's great, Rita. And you know what? I'm just crossing the border into PA now from New Jersey. So here's the deal, okay? Um, if there's no contest whatsoever between Caitlin and Trump. He, he, he killed her. And, and the, the people out in the audience, they humiliated CNN. The only thing would have been better if Don Lemon was, was the... Was the uh, person who was uh doing the questions yeah thank god they're lemon free but biden remember back on a couple of weeks ago i don't remember where it was an eight-year-old child asked biden the question and jill biden had to explain it to show he couldn't even answer the eight-year-old child oops I'm, I'm losing i'm losing you a little bit jc but there was that that moment i remember um i'm not sure if this is the one you're talking about but there was that moment where the child, when he was over in Ireland, even though Biden couldn't remember he was in Ireland, remember? And the child asked some question, and Hunter like, had to pull him over and go, uh, Dad, uh, he's asking this. And then there was the moment that came after he came back from Ireland. Remember, he's at the White House. And, um, and this might be the one you're talking about, J.C., where at the White House, uh, the kids, it was like Kids Day, Take Your Kids to Work Day, remember? And the kid's like, uh, where were you visibly, recently visiting, Mr. President? Uh, obviously, it was Ireland. He had just been there. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. And then the kid chimed in and said, uh, Mr. President, it's Ireland. You know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's uh, I mean, the kid was like filling in the blanks. It was pathetic. I mean, talk about a contrast between that and what we saw tonight from probably one of the biggest grillings that a president has ever had in a town hall. I really think it was one of the biggest grillings I have ever seen. And Biden could never handle it. He couldn't even handle, as you bring up so eloquently, an eight-year-old asking, what uh, place did you visit recently? That was a trick question to him. Biden would have flipped it because Biden, as we've seen lately, he's got this edge to him. And when reporters have asked him a question, he's like, ah, come on, man. You know, can you imagine? He would have been like, come on, man, like five seconds into this reporter. The minute she interrupted him, he would have been like, uh, listen, uh, Caitlin, uh, I don't know who you think you are. He would have got off. And then the press, the White House would have been like, oh, no. Can you imagine? I actually I hope we see that moment because it would be interesting to see how he could handle even five minutes of what Trump handled tonight. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And we're talking about Trump versus CNN. And Trump handled it all. And the audience gave him a standing ovation. Boy, I wonder what CNN is thinking tonight. The Rita Cosby Show. Hey, 
And in the next hour, we will continue talking about Donald Trump's town hall. It was mind-blowing with CNN. Also, we're going to be talking about the border, and that is one topic that also President Trump brought up tonight, uh, talking about how we have to take a hard line with national security. And also, we've got some stunning details coming in about the FBI refusing to hand over the document now that the GOP claims proves Biden was involved in an illegal bribery scheme. Remember, they were asked to hand over the document. And now, apparently, they have refused to do so. Uh, James Comer putting out a statement a little bit ago. The FBI's position is this uh, is trust, but you aren't allowed to verify. This is unacceptable. We plan to follow up with the FBI and expect compliance with the subpoena. They were actually subpoenaed by James Comer's committee. They had a whistleblower who said that they had information, and now we're getting word that the uh, basically FBI is defying the subpoena from Congress. Boy, is this getting interesting. And boy, is that telling, too, that so far they are not turning over the document. It's unclear if they're saying it doesn't exist. It sounds from the reporting that they are saying we will not hand over anything at this time. Wow, that is a bombshell. And we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie on line two. My friend Eddie, go ahead, Ed. My Danish Polish cousin, I want to tell the world, Rita is such a nice, measured lady, and you have such patience. You do. I think this is the best show you've ever had. I love the content. I love the clips. I love the way Donald Trump just shut her down, even though she couldn't shut up. And for you, for him to say about January 6th, speaking in front of hundreds and hundreds of Thousands of people. Rita, I happen to be there through no fault of my own. A friend went out. I didn't know what was happening. I'm looking off and I'm counting. I said, that must be 100,000 over the Washington Monument lawn up to the ellipse where Donald Trump said. And his words like Rudy's rag in my ear go peacefully and patriotically and support the process. And I go, "What, what a kind man. What a beautiful thing. The people I met, if someone would bump into you, this. Oh, Although, sorry, uh, by, the, you? by the way, Eddie, and it's interesting because yes. you talk about being there. Um, how did you like the moment tonight? I thought was interesting when she starts giving him lines. He's like, no, no, no. Let me read you what I wrote. He pulls out because he clearly knew oh she would God. go there. Right. He pulls out the sheet <laughs> and he's like, uh, here's actually what I did say at this time. Here's this. Here's that. Um, it was actually I thought it was a really great moment. And the audience cheered. The audience cheered. Yeah, the, you know, it was. I heard the standing ovation. Yes, standing ovation at the beginning and the end. And you know, and my favorite part was CNN afterwards when they're like, oh, "Who are these people standing?" And they're the ones who picked it. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't oh, make it up, the, Eddie. You can't. CNN oh. is licking their wounds right now. They're licking their wounds, Rita. Well, you know and, what? And you know what's interesting? I think there's part of that. But I think they also probably got sky high ratings because, you know, Trump brings on the heat wow. and he also brings wow. the ratings. I They're probably so. saying, wow, uh, we got because it, it, it was gripping. I mean, it was gripping because you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe 
she's going back at him, and he's going right back at her, and the audience is cheering for him. It was like a gladiator fight. You know, it was like oh, Russell Crowe going in, you know, and the and crowd going, oh, you know. It was interesting that he said she put it in writing, Nancy Pelosi, because two Proud Boys I met said the police chief, the mayor, Nancy Pelosi, doesn't like Trump. And if I was, I would I would order the military in just in case. Yeah, you're, and by the way, that's what he says he did. And backing up Trump was Byron Donald's afterwards, a Republican congressman who said... He has testimony that Trump did ask for backup on January 6th. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. Well, bravo, President Biden and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. You have now had the biggest number of apprehensions of illegal migrants crossing into America in a single day in American history uh, because 10,000 of them crossed earlier this week, making that again an all-time high. I'm obviously being facetious because the policy of this administration has been downright dangerous. They have been so supportive of open borders and advocating for individuals to come. Uh, Cartels also, even though they say, oh, you know, don't do it. The cartels are using misinformation They're blaming everybody. They're blaming Trump. They're blaming Congress. They're blaming the cartels. Uh, They're blaming every single avenue they can other than looking in the mirror and realizing it's their policies and it's their messaging and it's their actions that have clearly incentivized, sadly, these horrible cartels that are taking advantage of people. Uh, think about the horrible things that are happening to people that are crossing into our border, uh, especially some of the young people, some of the women, uh, the sexual assaults, the human trafficking, uh, the forced labor. There's a lot of these really horrible stories that are happening, and it's because that border is wide open and the cartels are taking advantage of it and they are making so much money. And it is also making America so much less safe. And the Biden administration is now like, oh, no, uh, Title 42 is about to be lifted. Uh, we're going to really crack down. The border has never been open and it's going to continue to be secure. And if anybody believes that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn because that is such a bunch of hogwash. Under President Biden, they estimate that at least five million have crossed into our country. That doesn't even include the gotaways, which, you know, are the worst of the worst. Uh, that don't want to have any record of them whatsoever, not that they're keeping track of the 5 million, but there are so many that have crossed into this country. And now with Title 42 about to be lifted, you can expect a tsunami. And it is unbelievable to see what little effort this administration has done for the past two years plus, 
and now suddenly saying, well, it's going to be a little hectic under the border, but we're going to figure it out. Trust us. Uh, They already have shown their track record, and we cannot trust that they will secure our border. That is a sad statement, but that is also a reality. And, boy, that puts so much of us in danger. Take a listen first off. Here is President Biden uh, basically making a few statements, basically saying, you know what, Um, it may get a little rough when Title 42 is listed. Listen to this rhetoric. I spent uh, close to an hour with with the Mexican president today. Uh, We're doing all we can. Uh, The answer is uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, We've gotten overwhelming cooperation from Mexico. Uh, We also are in the process of setting up uh, uh, offices in Colombia and other places where you can, where someone seeking asylum can go first. So, but it remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. Does that give you any sort of assurance? This president, as if what we have seen so far hasn't been chaotic, and now to say, well, it may get a little crazy for a while. Uh, It's not going to get crazy. It's going to get downright catastrophic. And that's the really sad reality, uh, because anybody who spent time at the border knows it is going to be a tsunami. It's already been uh, a big wave that you can surf on, and it's been a continual wave. But it is about to get a lot worse when this health provision that Donald Trump put in place, anything he could do to secure the border, not only did they lift the remain in Mexico, now they are lifting this Title 42 and not finding anything as a backup. And here is Secretary Mayorkas saying his typical line, trust us, everything's fine at the border. What do you mean about those thousands upon thousands that you see waiting on the other side in Mexico or Guatemala or places like that? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen to this guy. We are making it very clear that our border is not open, that crossing irregularly is against the law, and that those who are not eligible for relief quickly returned. Do not listen to the lies of the smugglers. This is what will happen to you. You will be returned. Is there anybody who actually believes that Alejandro Mayorkas believes what he's saying? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he is outright lying, and he has done such a dis, dis abominable job protecting our country, as has President Biden. It is just shocking, and it's downright scary. By the way, case in point, even in New York, they are talking tonight. They are considering Central Park tents, tents in Central Park, as a last-minute place to maybe house migrants because there's, quote, no more room at the inn. They're also looking at opening up some other hotels. There's a hotel called the Roosevelt Hotel. It is in Midtown, and it's right by J.P. Morgan. I'm sure the uh, J.P. Morgan bankers are going to be thrilled to see what looks like maybe thousands of migrants housed next door uh, that haven't been vetted uh, for their criminal backgrounds or their health backgrounds. Uh, But come on in. Uh, Come on in. No problem there. We've already seen the problems that happened at the Watson Hotel where they didn't like the food. Remember, they were throwing the food out because it wasn't their quality of food. And then when they were asked to move the single guys so they could make room for the families, then they protested on the sidewalk, remember? And they were attacking police officers and photographers who were trying to cover their picket. All right. And now also some other news tonight that now New York City 
is temporarily suspending some of the rules uh, that are tied to basically they're guaranteed to shelter. That's sort of a longstanding rule that they've had in New York. Um, And here in Manhattan, under an executive order, the city is, quote, now suspending rules, is according to uh, the New York Times, uh, that require families to be placed in private rooms with bathrooms and kitchens, not in group settings, and that a that set a nightly deadline for arriving families to be placed in shelters. Um, The mayor of New York uh, confirming the decision, saying that the city had, quote, reached our limit. And ended up having to place newly arrived migrants in gyms last week. And that's why they basically had to sort of lift this, uh, basically guarantee that they would be able to get them housing and also get them housing where they would have, especially families uh, with private bathrooms and kitchens, that there's just they're so overloaded that they're keeping them in gyms. They're looking at Central Park. They're looking at other hotels And they may have to temporarily suspend this. They're also preparing for what will be a tsunami of others. They're also trying to ship them, by the way, to the neighboring county, uh, to Rockland County and other counties. Meantime, a judge has intervened there saying, wait, 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 wait. Uh, It's not necessarily the responsibility of these other counties. They're not sanctuary counties, not sanctuary cities like you are in New York. I mean, this is the irony of it all. We're seeing Eric Adams of New York. And we're seeing Lori Lightfoot of Chicago both saying to Governor Abbott, how dare you bus migrants to our cities that are sanctuary cities because of their policies. And then they're trying to bus them somewhere else saying that that's OK. And the other places don't want to accept them. And they're upset that they can't bus them somewhere else. But it's wrong if Governor Abbott buses them because Texas is not like it's bursting over the seams with migrants where they're sleeping all over the streets, which is indeed the case of what is happening in many cities in Texas. Uh, So this is sadly just going to get so much worse. And I hope that some of these Democrats start really calling out President Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas and not just saying, hey, we want more money to process more in the cities, to build facilities. But your open border policy has been catastrophic for so many cities across this country. And it would be refreshing if we saw some Democrats actually calling out uh, some of the leadership at the White House and saying, you know what? Your policies have created this. We need to figure out a solution that works for everybody in America. This is, again, not a Democratic, not a Republican issue. It is an American issue. And we have to be worried about what's happening to our borders because it is downright dangerous. And cities are bursting at the seams. New York is spending $5 million a day on migrants. $5 million a day. And yet they're now talking about cutting social services for Americans. Does that sound fair to you? That sure doesn't to me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. So in the middle of the CNN debate that took place tonight, I call it a debate. It was a town hall, but it was really a debate with CNN host Caitlin Collins and President Trump where they were going back and forth and back and forth. Well, of course, there was a question about the border. It came from an audience member, not from Caitlin Collins. And listen to what President Trump had to say, because he is very concerned about what's happened with the open borders since he has left the Oval Office. Take a listen. Title 42 is expected to expire tomorrow. Our southern border and now our northern border are experiencing record migration. 
We learned on May 2nd that the Biden administration plans on deploying 1,500 troops to the southern border. Do you agree with deploying troops to the border, and how will a Trump administration slow down the rate of migrants coming across all our borders? Sure. A very fair question, especially since tomorrow is going to be a day of infamy. You're going to have tens of thousands of people pouring into our country. Even the judge, you know, the judge overruled them when they wanted to terminate it early. And he said, you know that you better extend this thing. The judge in Texas said, I hope you're going to extend this. But this is my policy that they're letting terminate because they lost in court. They wanted to go earlier. You're going to have millions of people pouring into our country right now at a level that nobody's ever seen before. These people are sick. Anybody that wants this to happen to our country, they're destroying our country, and this should not be allowed to happen. How they're not going to do a version of Title 42 or my Title 42, which was tough, if people are sick and have infectious diseases and lots of other problems, we don't want them being into our country. We have enough problems right now. We have problems like we've never had in the history of our country. But, Mr. Our country, President, our country the is reason being it's ending. destroyed. Yeah, uh, I won't let you answer the question. But anyway, and then they went back and forth on building the good old border wall. Take a listen. The reason it's ending is because the health policy, the COVID era pandemic emergency is coming to an end. That's what Title 42 was. You put it in place because That's of COVID. True, but you when have... it comes to big questions about what your immigration policy would look like if you are reelected, some of your Republican rivals have criticized you for not fulfilling the promises that you made on the campaign trail, like finishing the border wall. So how did voters know that you would get those done if you're reelected? I did finish the wall. I built a wall. I you built hundreds of miles of wall. <laughs> And I finished it. And then I said, we have to build some more because there are areas like water going through a dam. There are some areas where a lot of people are coming. You close up one and they come into another. You plug the walls and then guess what? A hole comes out and then you need to continue building the wall. When we come back, we're going to take your calls on this. And what else you thought of Trump's town hall? I call it AKA the CNN debate that Biden wouldn't have been able to last more than five minutes if he took any sort of a grilling like this. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is a perfect song, Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot. This is what Trump should play when he goes out to the rallies. I'm telling you, he was like, bring it on. Can you imagine? Biden wouldn't dare do anything similar to what Trump endured tonight with CNN with Caitlin Collins, who kept coming after him. And to her credit, I thought she did a good job by coming after him. Some of the things I didn't think were correct. Um, and I think there were a lot of other topics I would have loved to have heard about than her spending the whole time on the election in January 6th, uh, for the most part. Um, but um, she did do a good job and was spirited. At least in that take, I just want her to do the same thing to Joe Biden. The problem is Joe Biden, first off, 
I don't think he would ever agree to anything like that ever. And two, CNN has always been soft as soft on Joe Biden. I don't think Caitlin Collins or anybody on CNN would grill President Biden like that because uh, I think they've been too deferential and too soft to him. And that, I think, has been consistent throughout. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom in Ohio. Uh, what did you think of tonight, Tom? Rita, we, we went from Daniel going into the lion's den in the Bible to Donald Trump, Donald going into the uh, liar's den with the same results. Now, now, this need to be, needs to be carried forward. Uh, I called a month ago to Kevin McCarthy's office in D.C. and to Jim Jordan's office, and they need to have the same type of committee hearings that were held by the January 6th committee, but bring out all the information, the side that they edited out, and the new information that's come out since then. And if they do that, then a lot of people who tuned in tonight and saw conflict CNN not being, you know, the CNN they're used to, along with the rest of the media, they'll be shown to be liars. But you know, but you know what, but Tom, that's an interesting point. But you got to also hope that the other media would cover it. You know what? I was really uh, just disappointed and disgusted today. Here is James Comer, who came out, said he had a major announcement um, about evidence that he says shows some really, you know, questionable deals, all this big money coming from foreign sources, uh, going to Biden family members, tens, uh, more than $10 million. And he says, you know, here's why are they going through all these shell companies? Does this big announcement that tells everybody he's going to do it. And guess what? The mainstream media, if you call it, you know, the, the big networks didn't cover it. Fox covered it. Uh, WABC radio covered it. Uh, but if you looked at like MSNBC and CNN and ABC Network, NBC Network, they didn't cover it. Shame on them. So the sad thing is, Tom, um, it, it makes me wonder, would they cover the, quote, other side of the story on January 6th? I'd love to have Nancy uh, Pelosi subpoenaed. She absolutely should be subpoenaed after what we heard tonight and what we've heard for the last few months. She needs to be put under oath. They need to put that former Capitol Hill police chief with her under oath. He's already come out and said in a book, and he came out publicly and said, yes, he is aware that uh, her office was absolutely requested extra security, and they turned it down. And there's no way anybody in that office would have turned it down unilaterally without it getting cleared from Nancy Pelosi. And tonight it was repeated again, Byron Donalds, who was on CNN after the the great debate with Trump and Caitlin Collins, he said that he knows under oath that a number of individuals did testify that Trump did request National Guard. And it is Nancy Pelosi's jurisdiction as head of security. It has to go through her office. So guess what? Nancy Pelosi needs to be under oath to square it to the American public. See if she lies under oath and says, no, I wasn't asked. I wasn't told I didn't do this. Uh, Let's see where she goes. Let's get the full story so then the American public can decide. Uh, But right now, like you said, it was this vacuum hearing. The sad thing is, I don't know if the many other media would cover it. They are in cahoots with this administration, and that does such a disservice to all Americans. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great veterans and their families. A powerful story coming from Oregon, where a decade ago, while driving in his home state there, veteran Dick Tobiason, a retired Army lieutenant colonel, realized that none of the highways in the state recognized or honored veterans, and he wanted to change that. Tobiason is a member of a local VFW post, and he founded the Bended the Bend Heroes Foundation in Bend, Oregon. Now, on June 20th, 2017, the Vietnam War veterans' work paid off when the Oregon legislature and then the governor there approved what is known as HB 2100. It is a law that officially declared Oregon's 451-mile-long U.S. Highway 20 as the Oregon Medal of Honor Highway. How fabulous. The route stretches between Newport on the state central coast to the Oregon-Idaho state line. Now, moreover, because of his efforts by the Bend Heroes Foundation, 12 states have now officially named their sections of Highway 20 the Medal of Honor Highway, making the entire highway from the Pacific to the Atlantic Oceans a route honoring Medal of Honor recipients. For Tobiasen, this was just the beginning. He wanted all of U.S. Highway 20, the longest highway in the U.S., which spans 3,365 miles from the Pacific to the Atlantic Oceans to be named in honor of Medal of Honor veterans. He said it became a reality when Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker on November 17th of last year, signed a bill that officially named Massachusetts U.S. Highway 20 in honor of Medal of Honor recipients. Massachusetts indeed was that final state, the 12th state, the final state to officially dedicate U.S. Highway 20 for veterans who have received the nation's highest award for their incredible valor. What a beautiful tribute and how wonderful to see that more than 3,000 miles of Highway 20, uh, that whole highway now spanning from Pacific to Atlantic Oceans, honoring our great military heroes. Bravo to this great Vietnam veteran uh, and, of course, to all the great veterans out there. Well, we are talking about President Trump and also so much news of the day. Uh, The other big news coming out, of course, was James Comer, who did a press conference this morning. As I mentioned, somehow CNN and MSNBC failed to cover it. I mean, that is incredible. He says, oh, look, I have this major announcement involving basically the president of the United States and his family. And somehow they just couldn't find time in their coverage to cover it. But here is a little bit of what James Comer had to say in his announcement this morning with him and others on his committee. Instead of being with honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements 
showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. Now I want to say a few remarks about the developments last week. A week ago, I sent a subpoena to the FBI. And he went on and on. And here's what he had to say about the Biden family. And I don't think anyone in America who's watching C-SPAN or any other network that's covering this would think that it's just a coincidence that nine Biden family members have received money uh, for this influence peddling scheme. I mean, what, what as, as Representative Jordan and, and the other speakers said, what business is there? You know, the, the media has always said two things. The first of all, the media has said, uh, many in the media have said that no transactions happened while Joe Biden was vice president. We've proven that wrong. Joe Biden said during 2020 that his family never took any money from China. Today, we've proven that wrong, and you have it in your memorandum, the, the bank transfers. And somehow CNN wasn't able to ask President Trump about that. There was a lot of things they didn't ask him about. Uh, luckily, there was a question in the town hall with CNN and Trump. Again, I thought it was riveting, um, the whole debate, I call it, basically, um, but one of the audience members, again, it was either Republicans or undecided voters who might vote in the GOP primary. It's going to be a biggie. New Hampshire's, uh, you know, really the first big primary. Of course, you've got Iowa, then you've got New Hampshire, then you got South Carolina. So New Hampshire is pivotal in the presidential race. Um, so no wonder that they did it there in New Hampshire. And one of the New Hampshire voters in the audience uh, said this, asked about basically immigration and President Trump's policy towards immigration, which is a huge issue with Title 42 about to expire. Take a listen. And another immigration policy you had was the zero tolerance immigration policy that separated families at the border. If you are reelected, are you ruling out instituting that? Well, when you have that policy, people don't come. If a family hears that they're going to be separated, they love their family. They don't come. So I know it sounds harsh, but if you remember, remember they said I was building prisons for children. It turned out that it was Obama that was building but the prisons re- for the children. But would you re-implement that if you're re-elected? Is well, that what you're saying? A, we have to save our country, all right? We so it sounds afford, like that's a yes. No, no. When you say to a family that if you come, we're going to break you up, they don't come. And we can't afford to have any more. Look at New York City. Look what's happening. They're living in Central Park in New York City. The city is being swamped. Los Angeles is being swamped. Iowa is being swamped. Our whole country is being destroyed. Millions of people are coming into our country. And you know what the number is going to be, in my opinion, by the end of the year? Not the 4 million that you hear and the 3 million. I think it's going to be 15 million people. And in these people, they have no idea where they come from. They come from 129 different countries so far. 120, not President, just the just four to, that we talked about. Just to about. put a button on that, it sounds like what you're saying is that you're not ruling out re-implementing that immigration policy. It was an interesting exchange. That is for sure. Um, and yet, it was refreshing to hear a president talk about security and talk about this country and saying how dangerous it's going to be. Uh, he earlier said, and I played it earlier in the hour, President Trump saying tomorrow, uh, and we're right around the horizon of that now, guys, it's going to be a day of infamy. That's what he calls it at the border, because there are reports that there are 150,000 migrants waiting on the other side 
uh, between Mexico and Guatemala and elsewhere waiting, setting up camps. You see the drone footage of these enormous camps with like trash all over the place and a lot of them right over on one side of the border, like in Mexico, in Tijuana, for example. Uh, I've been to Tijuana. Um, It is a mess. And right now you can see there are like 10 cities set up all along there of them waiting for, okay, it's like a bullhorn, go, Title 42 is lifted, and there is going to be a massive, massive surge against our border. And Biden sends 1,500 troops. He's sending them down for clerical, to process, to rush them through, to get them more quickly into the country, not to block them. There have been some images, I have to say, hooray to Governor Abbott, because Governor Abbott did put up some wire fencing in some parts of Texas, and he also put in some National Guard. He said in some of the Texas National Guard, basically saying, you know what, if the Biden administration is not going to send it down, we will. He is taking basically uh, the border security into his own hands. He has done more, I have seen, in the last 24 hours to try to protect the border than Biden has done in his whole two years. I mean, it has been so abysmal. But it was nice to hear a president, that's our former president and potentially our future one, and to hear somebody say, it's going to be catastrophic. We have to protect our country. We have to protect the sanctity of our country. I haven't heard these words from President Biden once in the last two years. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line four. Larry, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, Rita, listen, you have to think about what does it take, okay, for the red states to realize that they have to protect the, 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 the children from the fentanyl. This is an issue that's parallel to the slavery issue uh, back in the 1865, okay, when the Civil War started, 1860. I mean, the South uh, felt indignant that their, that their rights to slaves were being taken away. And that was back then. I mean, I mean, you don't think that the that the right of our children to live free of being poisoned by these cartels is 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 tantamount to the right to have a slave is equal. At what point do we draw the line and say civil war is here? You know, I'll tell you what point at the point where we look at the at, at our brethren in the military as being sympathetic to us and where the bl- blood will not flow because they will refuse to oppose us. We have to line up at the border, the National Guards of the red states with guns pointing right at these immigrants, right? And they, and they have to let them know they're going to shoot them if they come running across. Well, Larry, hang on, hang on. Two things. First off, I do agree that we do have to protect our borders. I mean, you can't sit there and say, uh, you know, let's open fire on these people because I don't blame the people for wanting to come to this country. It's the greatest country in the world. Uh, We definitely have flaws, especially of late under this president. Um, But it is still the greatest country in the world. And I don't blame them for wanting to come in. But we do have to at least say you can't come in. There, there needs to be vetting. They need to be checked. They need to have uh, appropriate checks if people have bona fide issues um, for asylum, which is very rare, uh, very rare. There has to be harm done from the other government. Uh, there has to be a lot of things that fit that standard, not just because it's a nicer, better place. Is it justified to come to America? Uh, but we can't start saying, hey, we're going to open fire because – these people, a lot of them are coming for a good life, trying to give an opportunity. 
Um, but we have to firmly say no, not with guns, uh, at least maybe guns there uh, to show the message, which we are seeing from some of the National Guard now in Texas. Um, but we do have to protect the border. But we got to get our president to step up. And the message has to come also, by the way, from the top. Um, this nonsense from Mayorkas. Oh, it's never been open. There, there is not. A, I think. A, I think there's not even a second grader that would actually believe that kind of rhetoric coming from Mayorkas. It's crazy. But I hear your thoughts about protecting the homeland, and we do have to protect it. I just think we have to also find that balance. Try to be, uh, you know, sensitive to their rights uh, as human beings. I'm not talking about rights with the homeland, but just trying to figure out a way to send a message. You can't come in. If you want to apply, do it, but you need to remain in Mexico. That's why that policy was so smart that Trump had. And that's the first thing Biden did was he lifted remain in Mexico. Let Mexico, let them vetted. And if they're cleared, then they can come in. And that might take five, six, ten years. And most of them would not be cleared because they may not fit. Becoming an American citizen is a gift, and you can't be giving it away for free, and you can't not be vetting these people. It is just, uh, it is, it is really a tragedy what's happening, and I am so worried of what's going to happen in the border. Larry, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Robert, line two. Robert, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing, Rita? It's nice to talk to you again, and I won't belabor with this corrupt, feeble-minded, incompetent president we have. And I won't belabor you with the fact that uh, the border has been a mess. I mean, deliberately lifting the remain in Mexico told me immediately that this guy was designed on having these people come into this country for his party's ends. They're evil, okay? But you know something? It turns to the media for me, okay? And um, past being sick of the mainstream media, okay? And all I can say is that they're so predictable and evil that every time a Republican's in office, they all want to be the next Bob Woodward. But every time a Democrat's in office, they all want to be the next Monica Lewinsky. And I mean that. And I'm getting sick of them. What do you mean by the next about. Monica Lewinsky? What, like acquiescing or something? Where are you going with that one? Well, they treat and keep it PG. Republicans like they're Bob Woodward, and they treat Democrats like they're Monica Lewinsky. That's pretty self-explanatory. Well, I, I unfortunately know a lot of details about Monica Lewinsky, but, but uh, I, I get your drift that you think they're way too easy on Democrats and uh, way too tough on Republicans. And and you know what's interesting. Um, the the overall premise, Robert, of what we saw tonight uh, in that debate, and I call it debate because it wasn't a town hall. A town hall is, I think about also, by the way, Anderson Cooper, I think it was Anderson, who did the interview with Biden. Uh, I think it was a town hall that he did. And he was like, oh, Mr. President or or a candidate, I think it was candidate Biden at the time because he hasn't touched done anything. He doesn't even have the guts to go to CNN, Biden. That's how wimpy he is with the press. But it was like, Oh, tell me your thoughts about this. Oh, what do you think about, uh, you know, uh, the former vice president? What do you think? What do you think? There there was none of that tonight. It was like, rah, 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 rah. It was like interrupting every five seconds. And I contend, Robert, but I think it actually served President Trump well because he withstood it. He threw it back at her um, and he handled the heat. And it certainly showed his mental agility 20 times better than we would ever see from President Biden. Real quick, Robert, I'll get you to reply. Go ahead. 
Uh, no need for time. Absolutely agree. He crushed it, and I think that things are going to be getting better. We just got to wait another year and a half or so. All right, Robert. Thank you, my friend. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. President Trump going into, quote, the lion's den. How did he fare? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Nick in Virginia. Line three. Nick, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Hey, big fan. I go way back. I lived in D.C. I go back to C-SPAN and uh, Crossfire when candidates could just talk about the issues and we could really hear straight from them. And I love what you said when you started talking about this is a debate, not a town hall. I mean, we've seen a zillion town halls. And I thought it was so refreshing and such a brilliant strategy of Trump to go on CNN. I don't know, you know, the the boiling frog um, um, metaphor where I don't know when that happened, when networks became so politically divisive. And Trump finally crossed that line into the CNN now. And I'm encouraging, maybe you can pull some magic strings to have him continue to do that. His strategy to meet them where they are, go to MSNBC, do more town halls so we can hear, um, send his message out to the populace who maybe gets his message filtered through these other stations. And then I challenge Trump to ask Biden if he can join him for a town hall, put Biden in a, you know, like the quiz show, a, a, a booth, a soundproof booth, and then Trump gets all his questions and then Biden comes out and gets the same questions. That would be so fascinating. By the way, that's a great idea, Nick. And, you know, it would be interesting. Um, I just don't think Biden would accept it. Biden has been so protected by this White House. Uh, The other day, they kicked out the New York Post. They didn't allow the New York Post to come in because they're not happy that the New York Post has been covering and breaking scoops on his son, which are absolutely bonifiable topics to be looking into. Uh, You know, if it turns out that the son uh, received millions of dollars and the the father changed his philosophy and policy uh, as a result from a rogue leader, uh, that's a news story. And that's what is the essence of what the New York Post is looking into potentially. You know, I mean, these are so I just think they're so micromanaged. But I think your point's a really great one. Boy, I would love to see that. That would be amazing if Trump could ask questions and Biden could ask questions or they both would have to answer similar questions. Um, and just to see how they fare. I'd even love to see Biden. I brought up I'd love to see Biden handle what Trump did tonight. I mean, I I honestly don't think Biden has the mental acuity, the stamina, the physical or mental stamina to handle five or 10 minutes of the grilling that Trump got tonight. Can you imagine if if the shoe were on the other foot and say CNN spent the first 20 minutes asking about Hunter, uh, the Corvette, the the documents that uh, that were strewn all over the place and really go into the sun and the finances and all that stuff? 
Biden would blow a stack after one minute and storm off and say, it's too tough. You're, you're being unfair to me. And that's what Trump went through uh, for over an hour. Uh, but your idea is a, a magnificent one. I love that, Nick. You got to call back again. You are fantastic. Let's go to Norm. Line six. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah, my thoughts are regretfully I was not able to see the town hall meeting, but I've been listening to the sound bites. And uh, since yesterday, I've been bummed out about the Eugene Carroll uh, decision. And this has uplifted my spirits uh, quite a bit. Uh, it sounds like he did magnificently. And uh, regretfully, we got tomorrow with Title 42 ending. So there goes my uh, my good mood is going to degrade into a bad mood. Stay that. positive. Stay positive, Norm. Uh, but <laughs> we love you. Thanks, Norm. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Line seven. Mike, we just have a little bit, but go ahead, my friend. Rita. My birthday is five more minutes, May 11th. Damn, another candle on a cake. And where are you going to hide birthday. Joe Biden? Thank you. Where are you going to hide, Joe Biden? Where are you going to hide? Over $10 million and counting. Goodbye, Joe Biden. Can't come quick enough. Wow. Mike, we love you, and we hope that you have an awesome birthday. I'm sorry your birthday's the same day as the lifting of Title 42. But at least knowing it's your birthday gives us a little bit of things to celebrate. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.